Welcome to the Date Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson M. Doggett Jr., the solutions expert. With certifications as a life coach, family mediator, and time manager, and with licenses as an ordained minister and practicing attorney, I have learned some lessons about success I want to pass on to you. This podcast is about how to apply eight ancient, universal, and fundamental principles of success so you can live your best life. Life is a journey, so buckle up and let's go. The Date Life Podcast is sponsored by Doggett Law Firm a firm focused on family law matters, including pre-marriage legal counsel, family mediation to resolve conflict, divorce, and other family law issues. Find Doggett Law Firm at www.doggettlaw.com or call at 202-470-3515. Doggett Law Firm for your family. The focus for this episode is to explore the topic of loving others through satisfying and rewarding work with our guest co-host, Stephen Dawson. One of the Date Life Podcast Eight Principles of Success is to love others through satisfying and rewarding work. Let's listen in on my discussion with Stephen Dawson. Well, today we have a guest with us, Stephen Dawson, all the way from California. How are you, Stephen? Excellent. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Great. We are going to talk about work. One of the eight principles is satisfying and rewarding work. This is the way we love others. One of the two ways. The first way is through mutually supportive relationships with family and friends. And the second way that we teach is through satisfying and rewarding work. So since we're talking about work, what do you do for work? Uh, Great question. I am a producer and a director uh, working in television and film industry. Right now I work at NBC Universal. Uh, We have several different shows that I'm an operations manager for. And uh, for that role, I spent a lot of time working with other producers to solve problems and create projects. Okay. What kind of problems do you solve? Uh, That's a great question. Uh, It could be literally anything. Um, For every project, there are uh, different things that we need, different assets or different people involved or a different process that we have to uh, create. So during that process, I assist the normal team in creating those new uh, innovations or new methods so that we can uh, create the project. Okay. And what kind of projects do you do? So we have lifestyle television shows, like a normal half an hour show that we work on. We have big budget commercials that we work on and some news programs or shows that we do. So uh, quite a variety. Okay. How did you get into this kind of work? Uh I have spent the last decade trying to find my place throughout the industry, and uh, I actually started freelancing. I did a lot of assistant directing and producing on some of their smaller projects, and that was introduced to a team and grew friendships and uh, solved problems and was able to uh, fulfill a role. I actually invented my own kind of role for them when they were looking for some help. 
And that's how I get into it. That's great. So let's back up just a little bit and talk about college. What did you, where did you go to college first? So I went to uh, Southern Adventist University. It's a Christian school in Tennessee, and they had a film program. Film production degree is what I have. And it was a, it's a great school. It taught me a lot of the technical skills and a lot of the um, uh, storytelling or some of the creative skills that I needed uh, that I'm still used to today, actually. Okay. So you went through school. You got out. Where did you go next? Where are you from? Well, let's ask that. Where are you from? Oh, that's great. I grew up outside the D.C. area, actually, uh, Northern Virginia mostly. And throughout my years, I spent time there. I went to high school in Pennsylvania uh, and then college in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I bounced around a lot on the East Coast. Uh, then soon after graduate, or about a year after I graduated, I decided to make the jump to Los Angeles. And me and two other friends moved out there one summer uh, and just started making our way with no connections and no really uh, knowledge of how to break into the industry at the time. So when you say industry, what are you talking about? Uh, I'm specifically the entertainment industry, and my focus is film and television. Okay, film and television. So you went out there with no plan except I'm going to find a way to get into film and television. Yes, exactly. That was That's how it all started. Okay. So what do you say to people who have a dream of doing th something, but they don't know how to do it? That sounds like what position you were in, that you were going to do something, but you didn't necessarily know how you were going to break in. You just knew you wanted to break in. So, well, let's explore your story before we give advice. So you get to California. Yes, I get to California uh, not knowing really what to do. And I started by looking for uh, job boards, going through Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those things, not making actually a whole lot of headway. Um, but I did realize I knew someone who had graduated from my school who was out there. So I made a connect I reached out to them, uh, made a connection to him, and we started talking about it. And really, because of that, he introduced me to other people in the industry. And almost all of my work has really come from that those first few connections and networking, finding them and the other people I met through them. Okay, so networking was a major breakthrough for you. Yes, exactly. I didn't know anyone out there, but being able to, or I didn't really know anyone out there, but being able to network and just keep kind of grinding on that. And it, it took a while. I mean, I had odd jobs here and there or uh, small roles on things, but it didn't really, it took me probably six, six months before I really had a, a good grasp on a direction I could break into in the industry. Okay. But all of your hard work paid off. So when you began doing freelance work, what kind of work were you doing? Uh, mostly I was getting production assistant jobs or uh, other assistant jobs. And a production assistant is kind of a, a blanketed term for an entry-level position. It can be at anywhere from assisting people on sets or in uh, post-production or in editing. Uh, I did a couple on-set things and then did a lot of post-production things, actually, offset in editing rooms uh, with people who are creating the actual, uh, whatever the project was. Okay. So how long did you do that? So I did that for the first six months I was freelancing. Then I got a job as an assistant editor actually. And in about, uh, two years, uh, grew up to a full-time editor and then became a lead editor, but it was in an area I didn't really want. I knew it was in the industry and I knew it wasn't 
what my purpose or what I really wanted to do in the industry. So I actually uh, broke off from that and found uh, other freelancing gigs through that same network I had and then uh, started doing assistant directing on independent films, high-budget commercials, and things like that. And I spent about four years doing that before I kind of transitioned over to the type of work I'm doing now. Okay. So you go through that storm. Was it a storm or was it a wonderful journey? Oh, no. how, would you, how would you rate it? Quite a storm. Uh, ups and downs. Uh, it, it's, it's really funny or, or it can be quite scary in that moment because when I went from having like a full-time salary job to then deciding I was going to quit everything and just try this other uh, thing. It was very nerve wracking because you get so used to a certain lifestyle or a certain nine to five workflow. And then not knowing if you're going to have work this week or this month is very scary. Uh, it's, it taught me a lot about how to manage my time. It taught me how to manage my money and how to uh, find work for myself and work that I wanted to do uh, instead of having to just sit around and do whatever the work was that they wanted me to do at the staff job. Okay. So would you say that you jumped from a full-time job to a satisfying job or? Yes, yes. That was that was the big jump. Uh, I moved out there to find work that I wanted. And the first job I had uh, wasn't really what I wanted. So I was looking for more satisfying and fulfilling work for myself. That's what I was looking for. And being able to go back as a freelancer while scary did allow me to pick the jobs that I wanted to be a part of. Okay. So... Did it work out smoothly or were there peaks and valleys? Uh, peaks and valleys at first, I would say. But as time went on, it's kind of like the snowball uh, effect. Uh, everything, it was small work. It was hard work. But it, once you get the ball rolling and once you have that network and experience, I was able to get jobs very easily. In fact, by the time at the height of my freelancing career, I was so booked that I had to turn away work. That's a good problem to have. Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> okay. So now let's ask, what would you say to somebody who doesn't like what they're doing and they want to do something particular, but they don't know how to do it? What would you say is their first step? I think the first step is to find people or uh, some kind of group that's doing what you want to be doing or as similar to that as possible and reach out and connect with them. I think that's a great way to get a good introduction into whatever it is and to know if you want to do it. Uh, a lot of my experience wasn't only finding what I wanted to do, but realizing what I didn't want to do. Okay. So would you recommend quitting a job to go do that? Or would you recommend trying to find a way to do it while you still have some income? Uh, definitely the latter. Uh, I was fortunate. I was a year out of college and didn't have a whole lot. I had a little bit of savings, but didn't have a whole lot of strings attached at the time. So it was very easy for me to say, all right, I'm ready to break and move this next step. Now, today, if I had to do that, uh, different story. And even when I went from staff to freelancing, I made a plan. I had savings and I already knew an idea of what I wanted to do before I left. So I would say it's always smart to wherever you're getting your income to not lose that until you at least have a plan in a direction you want to go and possibly a, a lead or an in with someone who's already doing that. Now, it seems like it didn't work out exactly like you wanted to in the beginning. So with that in mind, how long would you say a person should wait or work to get it to work? 
because I've been told everything works if you work it. And so if that's true, how long do you work it to determine whether this is working or not? I think that depends on the person. But for me, I have like a two-year rule. If I do this for two years and don't know or unsure or don't or not satisfied with it, then I know that it's not right for me and I like to reevaluate. Okay. Where did you get that two-year rule? I, uh, yeah, man, now I, I don't know off the top of my head. I've, uh, probably an amalgamation of different um, knowledge or advice that I've gotten from a group of people. Um, but, you know, this, as the saying goes, it, a day can be very long and a year can be very short. So you never quite know, or for me, I never quite know in the moment or in a small amount of time uh, how something is going to pan out. But two years is a solid milestone for me where I can really get involved into something and realize if it's for me or not. Okay. So you invest fully. Yes. Oh, invest fully. Definitely. You can't go uh, halfway into it. You need to make the jump. And, uh, you know, different people have advice on that, but... Once you commit or once you decide to do it, you need to fully commit. Okay. So you fully committed. You got so much work that you had to turn work away. And then you determined you didn't want to continue as a freelancer. What helped you to make that decision? Uh, Where I was uh, or in the industry, the direction I was going, I realized that I was, while I got very uh, high up or well-connected in the job I was doing, I was not going to have a lot of advancement opportunities. So I wanted to now with this knowledge and new direction and a better understanding of the industry, I wanted to break into a different area where I could grow what I want to do, which is really uh, storytelling in the, and producing and directing allows me to do that. Being an AD or being a producer for um, a lot of these independent projects, while they were fun and exciting and uh, gave me a lot, like I was paid well and was able to do a lot of things. Once it was over, there wasn't necessarily another one. I had to find another job or another gig. Um, so getting back to a company where there was a lot of growth potential and a lot of different areas to move on to, that's what kind of pushed me in that direction. Okay. So now you've landed this new job and what do you see as your glide path right now? Yeah, that's a great question. So realistically or honestly this job uh i've been here for almost two years i'm actually in the reevaluation process right now do i want to continue in this area do i want to find another area at this company or is there a way for me to move up from the position i currently am in um so my path right now i see myself probably not staying in this job specifically but being in the ecosystem of this company uh, and finding another growth opportunity for me where I can make more money, find more fulfillment in what I do, and help others in the process. Okay. How do you measure fulfillment for you? I measure it by, um, that's a great question. Fulfillment for me is when I finish a project and not only satisfied with the results, but I'm uh, also satisfied with how people react to it. So a lot of what I do is content for people and based on how they react or how they feel about it, it gives me a good understanding about whether they understood the message or whether what we created was a good product for that person. Uh, so for me, I get fulfillment when not only I enjoy the process and the products, but I can see that other people are gaining from that product. Okay. 
One of the things we teach is that you should do satisfying work. And my definition for satisfying is other people appreciate it. I use Jesus as the example when he healed the 10 lepers. Only one came back, and his question was not to that leper. The question was really, where are the other nine? I see this one, thank you for thanking me, but where are the other nine? And it says to me, you should feel or receive some kind of feedback, positive feedback for what you're putting into the world. And do you feel that you're doing that right now? I... You know, that is a project by project basis for me, realistically. I'm, I'm in a growth process of that too. When I, I can tell when I've put um, a lot of energy or a lot of my passion into it, I can usually tell when other people feel that too. It's almost like uh, when you put love into something, it spreads love. However, I would say being in a fast paced collaborative, um, a company with a, a you know a large corporation n- not every person is always gets recognition for everything they do and not that everyone needs to for everything but there have been times where i haven't felt that um and that is one of the ways i'm thinking maybe i haven't quite focused in on 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 what i'm supposed to do or 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 where i could be you know helping other people so sorry to summarize uh, not always, sometimes is really is really how I, I see that appreciation. Okay. So I guess I would ask it another way then. Do you feel that you're in an environment that appreciates you? Before you answer that question, let's take a short break. If you want to support the Date Life podcast, join the Date Life Nation by sending your contribution through Cash App at dollar sign Date Life Podcast. That's the letter D, the number eight, the words Life Podcast, all together as one word, or through Venmo at ampersand Date Life Podcast. Every dollar you give will support the production of the Date Life Podcast and the activities of the Date Life Nation. We plan to host meetups to discuss with me and my guests in person how to apply the eight principles of success we espouse in the Date Life podcast and other activities. So join the Date Life Nation today to live your best life. Now back to our discussion. So sure, there are good days, bad days, good people, bad people, people who uh, appreciate people who ignore you. All of that happens in a corporate setting. But do you feel the environment that you're in is positive, gives you f- po- the positive feedback that you need? Oh, yes, yes. Especially with my team and my group that I work on. I do get a lot of p- positive feedback um, from that. And it, honestly, it motivates me to do my best work when I get that appreciation back. Uh, our team is very good about that, especially now that, uh, we've been working, a lot of people have been working from home or working remotely, being able to acknowledge, at least within our group, all, all the things that we've been able to do, all of the challenges we've overcome. It's been really rewarding for me. Great. Great. So, um, when you think about, well, one thing I've heard so many times, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Mm. So let's say a person 
just to pick your brain a little bit. Let's say a person is in a situation where they're tolerated. They're not really celebrated. They do good work. They're not a slouch. They uh, try to do their very best to make the best possible impact and, and contribution that they can make. And yet they just, it's a stifling environment. What would you say to that person? Uh, I would say you should get out of that situation. <laughs> uh, quite frankly, a uh, being at work or in a group of people is a relationship as much as your friends or family are. And when it's a, um, whether it, you want to call it a negative relationship or a not equal relationship, that's probably something that you shouldn't spend your time and your passion on. Um I would go where you are appreciated because you will do better work and because of it, the group will do better. So yeah, I would get out of that as quickly as possible. All right. Let's look at the other side of work. There's the satisfying side, then there's the rewarding side. Now, the way I have defined rewarding is the job provides for you what you need it to provide in order to live the life you want to live. Some people would argue with me that Money is not everything, and you really should lean on the satisfying side rather than the rewarding side. What would you say? I think you need a healthy balance. And in fact, I would like the rewarding side to be um, well, right now. The rewarding side is a major focus for me because I, I can do my best work when I am rewarded, I believe. And um I do, I do get a, a adequate salary for what I'm doing and it can provide my current needs, but for where I want to go and for what I want to do, for me to satisfy other people in a better way, I need to be rewarded myself and in that way be able to share the rewards. Right. Some would say you can't give what you don't have. Yes, that's a, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're working on that side too. Working on the balance of satisfying and rewarding. Uh, where are you headed next? Uh, you said you're looking for opportunities. And of course, uh, we're not going to ask you to nail it down, particularly in, in the job you're in now. But what do you see for your future on the rewarding side? What I'm hoping, what my five-year plan is, is that I am only working on what I want to work on. And I'm sharing that with everyone I can share. And I'm either working for a company that allows me to do that, or I'm working for my own independent company. Uh, and, and really what I mean by that is I, in a corporate structure, I am not only, I am satisfying my boss's boss's boss. You know, there is a, uh, a goal way up at the top that we're all really trying to achieve. And if my, uh, goals in life don't align with that, then I want to move on to either another company or make my own path. So in the next five years, I want to only be working on the work that I want to work on. That's a great goal. Five years. Why five years? Uh, for me, that is one of those. Um, five years is a good stretch goal because it is enough time that I can uh, make mistakes along the way and still achieve it. But it's not so far that I will get frustrated or give up. That's why I like the five-year mark. Okay. So have you experimented with this five-year mark before? Uh, yes. So um, several years ago, I, now I can't even remember, probably about five years ago, I did a 
like a one year, five year, 10 year goal. Um, and while my life went in a completely different direction, having perspective of what I thought and what I wanted then versus what I want now was a good way to evaluate the path that I wanted to take to get there. Um, and no, I, if you look at my five-year plan, I did not achieve that or I didn't do exactly what I said on that, but I did achieve the growth that I wanted to in that period of time. So while I may not know where I land, at least I know I'm going in the direction that I want to be in. I think that's a great attitude because you can't control anything really but your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you're you're reacting really based upon where you would like to head versus what obstacles you have to overcome, all of those things. But when you have a good direction, you can make progress. I guess mm. that's what I'm saying. And you are setting yourself up to make progress. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's definitely what I want to do. Uh, and on the other side of it, I have tried to make short-term goals and have been much less successful trying to make something happen overnight. So that five-year is really a good way to follow that path and make the turns that happen along the way, but still maintaining the direction that you want to go in. That's great. Well, Steve, Stephen, I shouldn't create a new name for you. (laughs) Stephen, thank you for stopping by the Date Life podcast. I believe your testimony is what I'm going to call it. Mm -hmm. Your interview is going to help a lot of people because I know there are people who are very frustrated with where they are. They're afraid to make leaps like you have made. They may not be in a position to do so at the moment, but what you have said gives people something to think about and encourages them in terms of being able to know, I don't have to stay here. One of my favorite authors says, uh, always remember, you can move. You're not a tree. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> he tickles me when he says that. But I thank you so much, Stephen, for stopping by, talking about satisfying and rewarding work. And we hope to have you come back another time and talk about one of the other eight principles that I know you are a part of as part of the Date Life Nation. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Can't wait to come back. All right. Thank you. I must tell you, I really enjoyed this discussion, and I hope you got a lot out of it for yourself. Please remember to support the Date Life podcast by joining the Date Life Nation. The eight principles of success we discuss in the Date Life podcast can change your life. So like it, share it with everyone you know, and subscribe to it. Most importantly, go out and live your best life.